I grew up hearing the Beatles on the radio. Any Beatles fans out there? I was not a fan. (laughs) But one song that came out while I was about nine years old was called When I'm 64. I didn't even like the tune, and I only knew one line in the lyrics because it kept coming on the radio. Radio was a big deal back then. But that line, will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? I remember wondering as a child, why would anybody ask the question, will you still feed me? (laughs) In my childlike mind, I was analyzing the lyrics. And to this day, I still hyper-analyze lyrics to songs. But what kind of people was he living with? That's what my nine-year-old mind was thinking. At the time, 64 sounded like grandma old to my elementary age years. Now guess who's 64? (laughs) Yes, I am. I think they could rewrite that song to when I'm 94. Because as the saying goes, an old person is someone who is at least 15 years older than you are. Thank you for joining Keep the Heart for today's podcast with Francie Taylor. Francie is an author, conference speaker, and teacher. She is passionate about teaching what to do with what we learn from God's Word. Now back to today's valuable study. Welcome to the birthday episode, When I'm 64, Growing Older in Our Culture. If you're a young listener, which young used to be 20s, but now I consider 40s to be young, (laughs) don't assume that this episode is not for you. You are in the process of becoming the person that you will be in old age, so this is for you too. Most people don't even want to think about growing older, but it happens whether we think about it or not. Some live to be very old while others have a shorter lifespan, but aging is a required part of long life. Let's consider this topic with a goal of improving in this area. First, We observe that older people were meant to teach younger people. Titus chapter 2 gives a great list of instructions for mentoring. Both men and women are addressed in the book of Titus, but Titus chapter 2 verses 4 through 5, that's a passage specifically for women. Here are the mentoring instructions. That they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. So we were given this eight-point job description that we're supposed to not only master, but then pass on to the women coming behind us in the race. And then we're even told why, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Our manner of living can either make God look really good or really bad. And we want to be so careful that we're not misrepresenting the Lord as ambassadors. Both sides are dropping the baton in this race. Those of us who are older can't afford to shut down and pull away from younger people simply because they don't do things the way we expect them to. Park the expectations. Scripture is not only meant to be taught, but modeled. And our examples are fewer as we isolate ourselves and stick to people in our own age groups rather than making friendships across the age boundaries. Mentor someone, invest in someone's life, especially people who are younger than our age group. This is an important part of living out that passage of Titus chapter 2. And then if you're a younger woman, be really careful about your attitude towards older adults. Just be careful. 
Rather than seeing them as the bossy old enemy who needs to be replaced, why not get to know some people out of your age group as well and make friends in all the age demographics? Younger people need godly role models, and you in your middle years are those role models. And people who are older than you are may be able to offer you some guidance that'll help you to avoid rolling your car or your life in the ditch. This isn't a man-made system. It's God's design. A second thing about growing older in our culture is that it can be done majestically. Proverbs 16.31 tells us that the hoary head, and that's the gray head, is a crown of glory if it be found in the way of righteousness. Majestic aging comes by way of godliness and wisdom from the Lord. What good does it do to be a 64-year-old who has stopped growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? When younger people look at our lives, do they see us becoming more like Christ or more like cops? That's C-O-P-S for crabby old people, pluralized. We don't want to become crabby old people. We magnify self and minimize God when we abandon his pattern for living. The way of righteousness, as it's called in Proverbs 16.31, is referring to our journey as well as our manner of living. If you're listening to this episode and you're over the age of 50, beware of the tendency to become spiritually slothful in the later years. If we want our later years to be our greater years, we need to continue walking with God until our final pulse beat. Younger people are expecting older people to have wisdom, and it's so confusing to encounter an older person who's basically just an overage toddler. We can't just grow old. We must grow up in Christ. Third in our list is this, learn not to complain. And I know this is hard. Please understand that whenever I'm writing and teaching these lessons, I'm talking to Francie too. When I was on vacation with my mom several years ago, we were visitors at a church on Sunday. We called it our vacation church because we went there every August. And they had a guest preaching this one particular Sunday when we were in town, and he was walking around before the service greeting people. When he got to our pew, my mom asked him, and how are you doing? And the guest pastor replied, everything hurts. And they both cracked up laughing, and I'm sitting there wondering, what's funny about that? That doesn't sound funny or fun. I was intrigued because nothing was hurting on me at that time. But I wondered, is this my future? As we grow older, these bodies will fail. They change. It's part of the design after the fall of the Garden of Eden. Now, prior to the fall, illness was unknown. But after the fall, we were born into sin and with built-in time limits. We all live for only a certain number of days, and only God knows the precise number. And during that time, the body changes and gradually fails. The Apostle Paul had something he referred to as an infirmity. And he asked God to remove it from him three times. Listen to Paul's description in 2 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 8. It says this, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. 
Paul goes on to tell us God's reply in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So we've got two conversations going on in that verse. First, Paul tells us, God said to me, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul chimes in and says, in that case, I will gladly glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. In other words, I want that strength. You know that no matter what your age, when you don't feel well, it will be tempting to complain. The older we get, even if we're taking relatively good care of ourselves, the more likely we are to experience health problems. Not everyone has this lot in life, but many find that they have something that hurts or swells or doesn't move right or doesn't function like it used to. I know in my case, it feels like I went to bed 24 and woke up 64. Life truly is a vapor. Paul made a discovery. God's grace provides strength in our weaknesses. Paul also learned that God's power is more evident when we accept the infirmities rather than continuing to cry about them. Did you notice that Paul didn't go to the Lord again after that? After God's answer, Paul was not asking about that anymore. The Apostle Paul was not superhuman. He was regular human, just like us. He just had excellent listening skills, and he was a good learner. After all, it was Paul who said that he could go through all the ups and downs of life, and then he wrapped it up with this classic verse in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. The all things that Paul was referencing were the good and bad times of life. Maybe our lives aren't the problem. Maybe our expectations are the problem. We expect life to be wrinkle-free, painless, long, and happy. Expectations like these are bound to lead to complaining. Instead of expecting a trouble-free life, which is an optical illusion enhanced by social media, we can learn to be realistic and accept that some of life's greatest gifts come in the ugliest wrapping paper. Any hardship in life has the capacity to leave us with the gift of increased strength but that's if we'll allow God's grace to work in us. It's hard to focus on the grace of God while murmuring. Self can be so noisy. Tell self to be quiet so that you can hear God. And finally, the fourth thing about growing older in our culture is this. Looking back is not as productive as looking forward. I met a former beauty queen, and she wanted to be sure that I knew that she was a former beauty queen, so she told me. Total stranger, by the way. But since she didn't have the sash or the crown, I would never have known this fun fact. The more she talked, the more I heard a woman whose identity was wrapped up in her physical appearance. Here she was in her 80s. And honestly, in your 80s, fewer people are impressed by your ideal body weight and perfect eyebrows. Are you setting yourself up for an identity crisis in your later years by focusing so heavily on the physical that you're neglecting the spiritual? Eventually, beauty fades, but a woman who fears the Lord, the scripture tells us she shall be praised. Fearing and loving God has a spiritual beauty that improves with age. Beautiful sister, you are aging. Pastor's wife, your position is temporary. 
career woman with a great income, your work life will change. Wife, you may become a widow. Mom, your children may make choices that weren't part of their training. Are you setting yourself up for an identity crisis because you've tied all of your identity to how you look or what your role is or how much money you make or what your children do or do not do or who your husband is? Our goal ultimately should be to be a woman who fears the Lord, and then we can let the Lord guide us in all the other areas. Looking back is deceptive because hard times will tempt us to inaccurately paint the past as so much better than it really was. Every stage of life has issues. Ecclesiastes 7.10 says this, Say not thou, what is the cause that the former days were better than these? For thou dost not inquire wisely concerning this. We don't have the best vision when it comes to viewing time. So it's better to just follow God's instructions and abandon the tendency to look back on the past as if it was something to be glorified. Instead, we can do our best right here in this time zone of life. Go forward and quit looking longingly at the past. We had a birthday party in the junior college Sunday school class that I teach at Pensacola Christian College Campus Church. I asked the young ladies, What age sounds old to you? You know what I got for a response? Crickets and smiles. (laughs) These girls were looking at me like, I'm not walking into that. So then I said, okay, okay, then how about this? Does 60 sound old to you? More polite smiles. These young women were so tactfully wise. So I just threw it out there and I said, when I was your age, I thought 60 was totally old. And then we all cracked up laughing, but their laughter sounded more like, you said it, Mrs. Taylor. We were just thinking it. (laughs) Well, listener friends, I am 64 years old and I'm not one bit unhappy about it. One day I will have a final heartbeat and my soul will leave this shell behind. I want to enter into the presence of the Lord in the middle of doing something that would please Him. Growing older in our culture is not a popular thing, but growing older in the Lord is an honor. As we age in the Lord, He shifts our purposes, making us more valuable as helpers to the next generation. Psalm 71.18 is a great prayer request as we pass through life into the later years. It says this, Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have shewed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. You've been listening to Keep the Heart with Francie Taylor. Subscribe to this podcast and be sure to follow Keep the Heart on Instagram. For more from Francie, visit keeptheheart.com for devotionals, books, Bible studies, and more. Visit KeepTheHeart.com today. Thank you for listening.